previously on Good Sex, Bad Sex. <laughs> yeah, so we're definitely going to be exploring fetishes. Um, we're also, we want it to be an event where people leave and go, I learned some shit. Mm. You know, I want people to go away and know how to. So how to set the mood. And the biggest question I get when I work with my ladies is how to tell a guy what you want. Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from Metro.co.uk. It's kind of like being the only gay Eskimo. That's it. It's just like being the only gay Eskimo. My name is Phoebe Lynn. And I'm Miranda Kane. <laughs> Coming up, we're talking to... Oh, we are pretty excited. It's Mr. <laughs> Phil Nickel. Oh, hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Um, yeah. Hello, Phil Nickel. Hello, hello. West hello. End Star. Yeah. West End Star. Award-winning comedian. Ooh, yeah. Canadian. Yeah. Miranda. Yeah. I'm just licking some frosting off my finger. Um, are you excited about meeting Mr. Phil Nickel? I'm really nervous. Why? Well, because years and years ago, I did. I've done two terrible gigs with him when you I was have doing not. like I have when I was doing like really shitty open spots, and I was like, "This is Phil Nickel from Corky and the Juice Pigs, who I've been like a massive fan of for about twenty years." Oh. And you can see how high my voice is rising. Oh, it's horrible. It's... Please don't drop it. I'll try. I'll try. Sorry. So yeah, I'm 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 really excited to see him again because he's just a lovely bloke. Everyone yeah. in the comedy industry industry knows he is just a really nice bloke so I wonder if we're going to get any juicy stories what do you reckon I don't think we will no No, nothing I'm sure he's just a shrinking violet I'm all about the shrinking violet yes nothing I'm going to marry a Canadian you should no I'm going to Oh, right. You're looking at me funny. No, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. you don't recognise me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Hello, my darling. No, I think I will marry a Canadian. Well, I think it's a good, th- a good choice. If you could live and work in Canada doing this no. podcast, oh. um, mm. it's an amazing place to live. Oh, is it? Why would you? Well, you, don't, you want to marry a Canadian but not live there? Yeah, I think I just need someone quite calm. I mean, she hasn't chosen which Canadian no, yet. No, yeah. I just was on a train with a Canadian the other day and he was really nice to a New Yorker. Oh. Um, I was in London and we were, you know, it's like... Yeah. And um, everyone was here. And um, he was so nice. I just thought, oh, that's what I need. Someone. Well, they're not all nice. I think you just might have been a random nice guy. There's oh. lots of a-holes in Oh, Canada. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to marry a nice man. I mean, if you go to Alberta, it's like the Texas of Canada. It's full mm. of, like, you know, Trump supporters and freaks. Mm. Can I say that? Are you guys? This no, is not, you're this not. Is not this is not Trump positive <laughs> no, podcast. No, no. Is it? What? I got a, what? I got, I got a strange feeling that it isn't. It's <laughs> absolutely fine uh, because I'm sure we'll talk about water sports anyway. Yeah, yeah it's cool. So, what are you doing at the moment? Have you have you just been? <laughs> uh, you said water sports, and I went, "Oh, I'm going to have to tell that story." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. Let's start with that one then. No, <laughs> have no, you got what, a water sports what, what story? Uh, well, kind of. I wouldn't say it was sporting. It was more of a more of a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an athlete. I was an amateur. It's like someone that takes on a 10k run and completes it, but not in a good time. So it was more like a light drizzle than a golden it was, shower. It was, no, it was a, I was pretty full on. Do you want to hear it? Yes. I was at Gay Pride in Amsterdam and uh, I was doing a gig at Tumler, which is a fantastic club run by the uh, Comedy Underground, this collective. Yeah. And uh, we went down, me and my friend uh, Pierre, who's one of the, the gayest men you'll ever meet in your life. Oh, it's, it's like going for gay man of the year every year. <laughs> He's gay, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he, and he, we went to a club uh, called The Cock Ring. Mm. And the cock... Uh, in the Hang co- on. 
Let's just have a second for that. <laughs> what? It's a club called the Cock the Ring. Carry yes. It's a it's a cock, it's called the Cock Ring, and it's gone now. It's, oh. it's yeah, it's flaccid. Oh. So a, it's a, they, they, there used to be a big ring outside, like a massive big brass ring, like yeah. I mean, like three by three by three or four by four by four outside the club, if you know it. And then we were partying in the Cock Ring, and someone went, "Shall we go to the Eagle, which is right next door, which is like a little red door?" And you kind of uh, Dutch people are quite tall, so you have to bend down and get under. Anyway, long story short, mm. uh, this is this is quite a full on club. Uh, like S&M upstairs there's, and you know uh, uh, Amsterdam buildings are like long and tall Yeah. so the stairs are really narrow and so it's like a lot there was, there was guys with like like you know um, what do you call them big earrings and sticky sticky outy things that were like you couldn't get past them if they were on the stairs penises no those no. are that was upstairs <laughs> there was a dark room at the very top but I didn't go I'm not I'm, it's not my thing uh, <laughs> don't, don't you can't you can't you can't laugh at that <laughs> Someone will hear it, my mum. Anyway, so we, I was in this club with my friend Pierre, and Pierre came up to me, came screaming up to me, and went, Phil, whatever you do, don't go to the toilet. Now, to me, that is like saying, Phil, <laughs> go to the toilet. So, so I run to the, the toilet, and it's like, it's, a trough, it's like a, you know, a ceramic trough, yeah. you know, old school trough, and there's a guy in the trough. There's people weeing in it. There's a guy in the trough, <sighs> naked, wearing nothing but a scuba mask and a snorkel. <gasps> and when everyone's trying to wee in the toilet, he keeps leaning into the stream with a snorkel. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I thought, well, when in Rome... Right. Yeah. So I got I got as far away from him as I could. Think I'm, I did need to go to the to the loo, yeah. and you know. And so I started winging the thing, and then he leaned over and went, Whoa, and I thought, ah, oh, you know what? Screw it. So I just like sort of like really pelting it right into the into the mask, trying to get some into the snorkel. Oh, nice. He was grinning and loving it. He was like, woohoo! He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, we made eye contact, and his. It, so it turns out he's famous. Uh, turns out I then I left the club that night rang a friend of mine I live with a gay couple in Toronto for after I left acting school I called my best friend James and said James I've just had this wicked weird experience I mean the night went on but but that and and he just went oh that that's that sounds like trough man he's 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 famous he's a famous he's a he's a um, a gay icon who was famous in the rubber balls in in San Fran and and Sydney yeah and he was probably he travels around the world to gay prides and he just pops up places as well he does he does rubber stuff, but he also just has a it's his passion. And I and I was like, Well he had a tattoo and, I, and it was and it goes, Yeah, that's that sounds like it sets him. And so um I realized, hey man, I had not just did I have a gay pride experience, I had wow. the the gay pride experience. Are you still pen pals? Yes, we, uh, he's well he's passed away. So oh. I oh. oh well that got dark. I know. Oh my no, god, no, no, I was no. gonna invite him onto the podcast. No, yeah, well no, he but there's someone doing a tribute act called Son of Troughman. <laughs> no. no Son of Troughman. Is it getting splashing reviews? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> well, that's made me thirsty. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Um, that's, oh, that's, 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 not, that's not a sexual story, though. I well, think that kind of. is. I'm going to put that down is as it? a sexual story. But it's on a list. I mean, I'm well, sure you, you know, it, in the dead of night, you do get still a little bit turned on by it's that. In, no, it's in a show of mine. It's in a show of mine. Uh, I tell the story in a show of mine called Nearly Gay, um, <laughs> which was, which was um, basically in... In answer to an accusation of homophobia, from from Scott Capurro, actually the the quite famous San Fran comedian, we're we're quite good friends, and I, we were at the time, I think. But he he took offence to something I said, and and then I, so I, I it took me years to actually uh, I, I I struggle with it because I don't 
I think sexuality is fantastic. I think the breadth and scope of it is is you know beyond all of our thinkings, and people have their own way of thinking. Some people are. I've, I've got close friends who are completely asexual, and I've got the most outrageous friends, sexually, who are into all sorts of stuff. And and I'm I'm sort of don't on the more calm end. Believe it or not, mm. I actually was raised in a born again Christian family and feel quite relatively square compared to my friends. So I wrote this show about when I started thinking about the experiences I had where my life intersects with uh, with the, with my friends in the gay community. Because when I left acting school, I lived with James and his boyfriend Jordan in a, in a big warehouse. And Jordan was a makeup artist. And James worked at the front desk of the Sheraton. So all those guys, they were my core group of friends for a couple of years. So yeah. oh, we only ever went to, to gay clubs on a, on a um, heterosexual point of view. The most gorgeous women always end up in gay clubs yeah. because they feel the most comfortable because if they were in a normal club, they are so incredibly gorgeous that just stupid idiots would be hitting on them all night and mm. therefore they end up where they feel comfortable. So there's many times I've sat at a bar and talked to a really beautiful woman and then after about half an hour they go, oh my God, you're not gay. And I'm like, well played, Phil. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Right. Well played. Yeah. So this has happened throughout my life. So, so for instance, on the, the there was one one weekend I was like, guys, can we just please, can we just go like to a normal, like not normal, to a straight bar, go go somewhere for me. And so for a laugh, they took me to a place called the Boom Boom Room in Toronto, which is like a heavy metal bar. It's like it's a bar, it's a bar where the guys, are, which it's a it's a place that's so straight there are no women there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we went from a play, yeah. we went from a from a bar where it was like all guys with long hair, leather mustaches to a guy with all got long hair, leather and mustache. It was like <laughs> right. And and for a laugh, they brought along a friend of ours, uh, a friend of, of, of ours, Danielle, who um, is uh, well used to be Daniel, and Danielle was uh, is um, about six foot four, six foot five in heels, beautiful uh, brown, long blonde hair, and really like a really gorgeous body, tight, mm. but sort of pink and purple miniskirt on, and boots that went all the way to the ground, you know, like and and but because Danielle was the only female in the room and looked like a rocker chick, she was getting hit on by all these like AC. DC, hey, baby, come on. Yeah. So my my so my gay friends like Phil, you've got to look after Danielle. Yeah. And I was like, well, um, I mean, so I started. I was like pretending to be Danielle's boyfriend, you know, because I'm like the the straight, as if I'm look convincing as a straight man, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so I found myself dating with Danielle. We had done a little bit of we 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 we'd taken some enliveners and and we and we and so I found myself dating with Danielle. And I remember looking up into her beautiful big brown eyes and thinking she's gorgeous you know who cares that her voice is deeper than mine it doesn't matter yeah. you know like and I went through all this process of being and I kind of you know in under the circumstances and yeah. the you know with the effect of the enliveners we we um <clears throat> I kind of thought well you know like, actually I really fancied this thing. yeah so we went back to Danielle's house and a whole group of us and I was drunk and when I get drunk, I turn into like an American redneck. <laughs> like I really love my my friends. Like okay, Phil, you gotta you gotta leave. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm staying here. Me and Danielle. And they're like, no, Phil, you gotta go. And then so they were like, okay, just we'll leave them, right? And I refused to go. So they left me. Uh, and then they so they went. They left. It was uh, Pierre, James, and Jordan left. And then and then I was on the couch with Danielle, and I started going. Uh, I put on like one of those sexy radio stations. You, you're listening to Fuck FM. <laughs> nice. Play, you know, Two to fuck two, not twenty four seven. Two fuck. Because she's once, twice, three times a lady. So anyway, so I'm now now turning to 
to Danielle yeah. and going, uh, <clears throat> you know, and Danielle kind of realizes what the hell is going on and goes, hey, hang on. Yeah. I'm not that kind of woman. <laughs> you, you need a drink, mate. And so went to sort me a drink. And in the time the doorbell went, there was a knock on the door. I had answered it. And Pierre, James, and Jordan opened the door. And I, the door, they dragged me and pulled me out of it. And sl- you know, to, for Danielle's sake, <laughs> dragged me. And when, and when I woke up in the morning, when I woke up in the morning, I was at Pierre's place. Yeah. On Pierre's couch. And I, I was like, oh, my God. God, yeah, those drugs were good. <laughs> I nearly had sex with my post-op transsexual friend Danielle. Wow, <laughs> that's uh, that's heavy duty. Oh, <laughs> that didn't happen. Oh, uh, and, uh, that didn't happen. So I like, the, so, I like. So, the... so, so I'm telling you that I'm a square. Yeah, yeah, and, yet. and then that happens. Yeah. And yet you you just got rejected, which totally. She's so rude. I know. But I'm that, so sorry. No, no, no. That's what happened. No, it's not. No, it it is. Is. You, that could have just been a life lesson. It, it is. And Phil to my left might have learned something. I did learn but something. But now I can see I did learn tear. something actually. Good. Did you? Did you yeah, just to, just to be, be no, chill, 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 chill out. Yeah. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out. I want to ask oh, about Daniel, your show. Take a lady on a date. and I were being friendly. You know, she used to run. Fetish nights and stuff like that, which I'm not really into, but I have gone to a few. Again, <laughs> I'm not... I think we're going to have to stop that I'm the square <laughs> chat. Golden because showers. in three minutes, story. we've had, we've had, yeah, fetish. Okay, let's go for the kind... fetish story. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Phil. Mr. I'm a square Wait, nickel. Can I just ask you how many people listen to this <laughs> Because <laughs> my, my dad is like my dad's eighty seven and he's really handy with the with the internet and he finds everything I appear on. Well, he, if you're listening to this, father, um, this was a younger me. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this, Mister Nickel, uh, my email address is Miranda Kane <laughs> at Gmail. I'll be happy to spill everything. Let's right. go for a drink. Yeah. Uh, so no, I was told that I should just do some nice polite sex stories. Fuck that! Give us the fetish club story. Give the fetish club story. Yeah. Do you want the fetish club story or do you want the... Oh, my God. Both. What was yes. What's the other, the other story? One. Well, it's, 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 it actually, it's highlighted in my show, in my my new tour show. Oh, let's have the plug. Yeah. The plug. The plug's, the show's called You're Wrong. Yeah. And it's about all the different times. It's about, it's about accepting your wrong, except accepting that you can, that we can be wrong. It's one, a difficult thing to do for human beings. Yeah. Right now. And is. I think, and I think, and when I think especially in this day and age, so it's everything from the spelling mistake in your, cause I, it's spelt Y-O-U-R to, to Trump and, and Brexit and, and, uh, things that we don't are beyond our understanding. Yeah. Or beyond my understanding. Mm. Um, and in that story, I, t- I talk about trying to, I'm reconciling with my, my ex-wife, Laura, and I haven't seen her in seven years, and I, I'm, I'm nervous about seeing her. So, I am, um, <clears throat> I, I get, I'm supposed to see her the third day. I'm in Mel, I mean, she's in Melbourne, so I'm supposed to, I'm back in Melbourne, and I'm like, let's meet up. She's like, I don't want to, I don't want to see you. I've got a new boyfriend, and I'm like, please, you know, I just want to talk about, I want to, I just want to, clo- closure. Yeah. So that's what she goes. Okay, I'll meet on the Wednesday. And so on the on the and, and I've been sober. I've been I'm not drinking, smoking. You know, not taking drugs. I've been on a raw food diet. I've, um, I, I you know I've lost th- three stone. I've I'm on I'm like, I'm a miserable miserable cunt. So. <laughs> <laughs> And so I'm, and, and I'm celibate. And I, have, oh. I have been celibate for months. Oh. And I and so on. That's I arrive on the Sunday and I start drinking, 
Uh, and on the Tuesday afternoon, I spent the whole day outside the, the hotel in the sunshine at a cafe with my friend Brendan Burns, who's an a, a infamous Australian comedian. Yeah. And I'm complaining that I can't meet I'm not I haven't met a woman and he's and he goes oh mate you're in Australia anyone will root you right <laughs> and I'm like I'm like well, you know so and as he says that this girl called Mickey comes down the hill now Mickey was a or is a um waitress at the Adelaide comedy club but I don't know her personally I only know her from reputation so Brendan's and when she sits down Brendan instead of changing the conversation Brendan goes turns to Mickey and goes oh Mickey would you root Phil and she looks at me and goes oh yeah <laughs> and then and then and he goes Phil would you root Mickey and I look at her and go oh yeah and then five minutes later we're in the hotel elevator going oh, up is to my hotel room. beautiful this is, huh? this this is, is romance right yeah are you guys? Is this a prank? No, because <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not embarrassed about this. This is my real life, you guys. <laughs> They're actors. I've just I know them. exactly. So just I can sit here and go, oh, give me a dirty story. No, this is. So we're in the lift, and I'm meeting her for the first time. I go, hi, my name is Phil. I'm a comedian. She's like, I know, I love comedians. I'm like, I know you do. <laughs> So we go into the room. The hotel room is is a night. It's like a it's like a kitchenette with a room at the back. It's like oh. an apartment. Yeah. So she gets me inside. She throws me against the door. She pulls my clothes out, and she, we she starts having sex with me on the kitchen floor. Now I'm an older guy, so I'm trying to get to the bedroom. Must get to comfort. <laughs> Must get two pillows. Dragging myself across the floor. She grabs me. By, na- I'm naked. She grabs me by my ankles and pulls me on my back onto the kitchen floor and climbs on top of me in that kind of squatting position. Yeah. And starts shagging. Me. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. <laughs> You're so fine, you blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey, right? And I, 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 I am so, I haven't, I'm so, I haven't been a celibate. I'm so rampant that I'm holding her thighs and pull, slamming her down onto me. At some point, my penis slides out of her, hits her perineum, and I break my cock. I, I stand, the pain of it means I kind of stand up and I don't push her off, but she pop, comes off and then she looks and it's bent. So it's like, it's actually properly at a, at a 60 degree angle. She oh. says, oh my God, I broke your cock. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> right. Now I've suffered a very serious injury. I've ripped into the two carvanosums that run up either side of the urethra that become engorged with blood when you get an erection. So all the blood is poured out of my penis into my ball sack. Mm. So my balls have swollen until there's no wrinkles. They are black and there are no like 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 bowling balls. There's no wrinkles. They're globes. They're like there's the, the there's a bruise halfway up my penis. Oh. Or, uh, it's and and. The doc- I'm standing in front of the doctor, ho- like in pain, holding me, and he and he goes, "Oh, this is a very serious injury, Phil." I'm like, "Oh, really? Is that right? Is that right, Doc? It's a PhD you got there, is it, sir?" And he's like, "No, this is a very serious injury. You have ripped the carvanosum. If you continue to rip the carvanosum, you face permanent penile." dysfunction <gasps> and i'm like yeah and then he said to me and this is perfectly true i couldn't write it he said i suggest for the next 16 weeks you avoid getting erections at which point <gasps> i actually said well stop looking at me that way then. <laughs> <laughs> which is true are you and mickey still in touch <laughs> yeah no, well well funny because well uh, yes mickey was actually a very naughty girl uh, I mean, in a, in a nicest way. And she's also a friend. We're still friends through other friends. But um, I went back to London. Uh, I didn't... I, I, I made up... I met my ex-wife the next day and she thought it was hilarious. And then... <laughs> uh, but we made up. Because I, at that point, I didn't know that it wasn't... It, it's... it's uh, 
that it, I thought it was going to be permanent. I thought it was going to be like. But, but he basically said, I don't tell this, I say this in the show, but he, ba- he basically, the Carver knows from either side of the urethra. One of them was so badly injured that he thought, I may never be able to get an erection on that one side of my penis, which means oh. I'd be, have, I would have like a, a one, f- if I got an erection, I'd be flaccid on one side. Wow. And wow. Is this the kind of stuff you want on this podcast? Yeah, can yeah. I ask after Phil Jr. now? Are we okay? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a lot smaller than it used to be. Really? <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I just say that because it's it was always small. So, but it's a good excuse, right? So, so, I, so, but the Mickey and I, I, my, I went back to I had to leave ten days. You're not allowed to fly with internal bleeding, so I had to wait ten days, and then I I, I missed the rest of that um, Melbourne Comedy Festival. Um, I at the same time because Mickey, of your broken so, cock. So Mickey, so Mickey, so at the time she went, oh. Uh, oh, please, oh no! Please don't tell anyone. I've already got a reputation. I don't want to be known as Mickey the Cockbreaker. <laughs> and so Brendan Burns, I, I said, go downstairs and get Brendan. Right. So she, he went downstairs to get Brendan, and Brendan came upstairs and went, "Oh, Mike, Mickey broke your cock, Mike. Oh, Mickey broke your cock." And then started chasing me out of the room, trying to put his thumb up my bum. Right? And I'm like, "Go, stop it, mate! Stop it! Just go get cut." And, and then, and, he, and then he, and I showed him it. He went, "Oh, call an ambulance." He was like, "Call." I think he said, "Call the fire department." I was like, he was he was more upset than I was. He was crying like a girl, and I was like, "Just." just just call, just get a taxi. We'll go to the hospital. Anyway, we said to Mickey, look, you take off and we will, I'll make up a story because I don't want to, it's also embarrassing for me and I have to tell my ex-wife and it's, it's embarrassing. So, <clears throat> so we made up a story so that she wouldn't get a reputation that I slipped doing the laundry oh. and did the Russian splits and have actually cracked something in there. Oh. And so it's Bruce. So, so. And then Mickey was not involved in yeah. the story at all. Up, up yeah. until now. Uh, well, your show. well, well, what happened? Well, no, yeah, but this was this was many years ago. But then the woman who was uh, programmed me there and who was the producer of the show was t- was really upset for me. Oh, that's what a horrible, terrible accident! I feel so bad for you. I went to the gig that night, but then just couldn't. I couldn't perform. It was like I, it was, I had to be bed. I was bedridden. I was staying prone because I didn't want to continue to you know, and and taking these uh, anti-inflammatories and everything to stop me from not drinking water after six, so that I wouldn't get have the morning erection <gasps> and and then i told uh the producer uh, she she actually got me in a wheelchair and took me to the airport and paid for my extra hotel days put me on the plane oh. uh sent me home and then a, uh i even wrote a thing in a show about it where i didn't mention mickey i said i did the splits and even that makes the crowd go oh. and i thought well it's the same effect ideally for the same story and then I thought, no, I'm going to have to be honest about this. And so I put it into a show and, and, and um, changed the names, obviously. Uh, <laughs> changed the names. But then the producer found out. She went, well, wait a minute. You mean you, were, you, mean you lied to me? <laughs> you <laughs> cocking asshole. How could you lie? She's, she still hasn't forgiven me to this day. She's like, I pitied you. I'm like, it still hurt. She goes, I know, but it was not the way it used. It wasn't the Russian splits doing the laundry, was it? I was like, no, it was worse than that. There was another human being that was actually did it to me, oh, who, now, know- who now has a reputation. So then when I got back to London, my, my flatmates there, I just kept me in, I'd, 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 I'd oddly had a hospital bed that I bought at Ikea. So, and I had a little bell on it. Oh, this is an interest. I had a little bell on my on my on my bed because I had a, a girlfriend when I first, after I broke up with my, my wife, I moved to Britain. I had a girlfriend who was so um, gentle and soft that I didn't, I didn't always know if, uh, if she, if she um, had an orgasm or not. And I jokingly <laughs> said, look, I bought this little, like 
bicycle bell. I said, well, it, when you do, just can you ring the bell and then we'll... You know, for a bit of a laugh, right? Bit, bit, of a, bit, of a, bit of a fun, funny thing. And then what I used to do is I used to ring it with my toe when I... When I <laughs> Am I saying too much? No, it's just silly. Just silly. Silly. It's silly. It was like, and it was, and it was like, it was like, it was like a little like a bell you get on a kid's bike with like a, a mouse on it. Anyway, we thought that was quite funny. The two of us, or I thought it was funny, and she dumped me. So, um, <laughs> so I had that bell on the on the bed. It was still in the bed because it was like on a metal bed. Mm. And, and I used to slide the bed and when I needed anything, I'd ring the bell and my flat so would, bring, would bring me stuff. It was fantastic. Oh. Uh, and that was in the early days of the internet. So there was no, there, you, had, you know, when you had to take you know, nine minutes to download a three second thing. So yeah. Mickey used to send me photos, had some of nurse Mickey used to send me photos. <laughs> I kid you not. And I used to erase them. I'm going, no, I'm supposed to erase it. <laughs> I like she's like nurse me because she's like a blonde, you know, blue eyed, gorgeous looking Australian chick. Yeah. Um, and then she had, she sent me, a, it was a 14 second clip, which is quite long at the time, of her roller, doing Roller Girl from Boogie Nights around her naked, roller skating naked around her, her flat. Yeah. At, as, as like, who hope that makes this makes you feel bad. I'm like, I'm not supposed to get erection for 16 weeks. Mickey didn't take this Why seriously. Are you, Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Pictures of her and another still and spent three days down there with like PVC nurses hats on, oh. and, you know, double ended. Anyway, do you, know, do you know what the moral is? What sex no. is disgusting. It, it is. The moral is don't say these things on a podcast because it will be remembered that's... for all time. And now I sound like a disgusting human being. Thank you very much to our guest, Phil Nickel, uh, for info on everything that Phil's doing. Um, You're Wrong, his tour, which is out now, uh, Soho Theatre from 27th November to the 1st December. Go to philnickel.com. Miranda Kane. <laughs> there is a lot. There's a lot to process there, isn't there? My name's Bibi Lynch. And I'm Miranda Kane. Good Sex Bad Six was produced by the broken Sam Bonham. <laughs> and we will see you next week for more good sex, bad sex, and possibly a few less broken penises. Mm-hmm. 